Welcome to the Hyatt 9 News Hour, where you will hear from cannabis industry experts and professionals from around the country talk about important topics while shining light on global issues and discussing cannabis as it relates to politics, regulation and reform, data and technology, science, research and medicine, family and parenting, art, celebrities and entertainment, fitness, sports, mental health and wellness, and plant-based medicines and entheogenics. Together, we are building a stronger community, fighting the stigma and creating change. With your hosts, Jason Beck and Rico Lamite, joined by special industry expert correspondents from around the country and daily antics brought to you by Cannabis. Coming to you live every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific time and high noon on the East Coast. And thank you all for getting high at 9 with us. Yeah, good morning, everyone. It is Friday, March 31st, and today is National Brunson Burner Day, not to be confused with the famous Muppet character. It's also Take Down Tobacco National Day of Action Day because no one really likes cigarettes except for the people that smoke them. It's also National Prom Day, so a lot of parents are having to go and buy some limousines. National Tater Day, because everyone loves tots. And, of course, it's National Cran Day, which, of course, you all seen um, that whole indictment was written in total cran by that New York prosecutor. And National Clams on a Half Shell Day, because Gretchen loves appetizers. And thank you for joining us and getting high at nine with us. It's also high noon on the East Coast. And please remember to like, share, and subscribe to us on all social media platforms. You can use that fancy little QR code right there in the top-hand corner of your screen to see where we live on the Internet. And we are live every Monday through Friday on YouTube and audio only on Clubhouse. And if you are joining us in Clubhouse, you can also participate in the show by raising your hand if you have a brief comment on the story most recently presented. But we're going to get it live right into this with the dope dad himself. That's right. It is Rico Labit. He is the dope dad that loves to pack boxes because tomorrow is moving day. That's right. Hopefully next week he's going to move out of the gang ridden area of the Internet war zone that he resides in. And hopefully the Internet turf war will not follow him to his new abode. That's right. It's the dope dad himself, Rico Labit. The move is today, Jason. Appreciate that. Appreciate the love there. So if y'all thought last week's lawsuit against the state of New York was the last time you'd hear from New York's elite cannabis companies waiting in the wings to take over the game, clearly rigged in their favor, y'all can think again. Because the Coalition for Access to Regulated and Safe Cannabis, also known as CARC, C-A-R-S-C, the same group of MSO stakeholders that dropped the Chad version of Ether yesterday (laughs) (laughs) nothing but bars i tell y'all in a public announcement attacking governor kathy hochel and new york cannabis regulators for willingly letting trappers trap with no penalties across the state they claim that hochel's actions are undercutting and devaluing the legal market reducing their ability to generate tax revenue and putting consumers unnecessarily at risk the track included guest verses by acreage holdings cure leaf green thumb industries and pharmacan along with several other wealthy individual entrepreneurs and one physician <laughs> i assume y'all assume that the, the physician goes by the stage name as the doctor 
The rest of the lineup is pretty much a mystery because they identify as an unregistered trade organization, allowing them to maneuver like a super PAC and drop anonymous mm -hmm. disses within the New York cannabis community, leaving what little street cred that they had prior to this unscathed. Per the Green Market Report, uh, the four MSOs are among the 10 so-called registered organizations, otherwise known as ROs, that are licensed medical cannabis companies in New York. And they say they've been unfairly shut out of New York's rec market thus far. They went in specifically on OCM policy chief Axel Barnaby for, pot, uh, for past comments insinuating he'd prefer to let the trap thrive. In a recent podcast, he was quoted saying, you actually may want to actively allow pop-ups to come in flood the market, disrupt the consumer patterns, and then shut them down more simply because they're like a fish in a barrel because they've got a brick and mortar store, you see. The comments obviously didn't age too well as we've all seen beyond the bodegas. Food trucks and other vehicular methods have seemed to round out the full vertical assault that it's, uh, of Times Square trappers. C-A-R-S-C tied Barnaby's to a recent proposal from Hochul to issue civil fines of up to $10,000 a day on those choosing the freedom market over the obviously less lucrative alternative, saying her team's approach to an adult use market is clearly backfired. Here's what it said. Regulators already have the power to shut down illicit operators. They simply won't use it. And adding that under the state law that legalized recreational marijuana in 2021, the OCM, OCB, CCB and even the state's attorney's general office have the authority to bring civil penalties against illicit operators and to commence proceedings to force to cease operations. The enforcement strategy we've seen to date has consisted of sending cease and desist letters to a mere fraction of illicit operators with a mild warning that their blatant violation of the law might result in their inability to obtain a license to legally sell cannabis sometime in the future. The letter's too long for me to quote even more without getting distracted by literal, it, literally anything else in the world going on right now. But I'd never yuck anybody else's yum. So if that's your kind of literature and that gets you all hot and bothered, by all means. Seriously, though, I think it's hilarious when the tables are turned and a market chooses to put the people first, however facetious it might be on Hochul's end. Well, when they make the suits wait their turn in line as they should have everywhere else. They want to go and talk to your manager. Don't feel good, does it, boys? But hey, maybe if they end up on the winning side of this lawsuit, it'll set precedent for the communities of color who've been in the same position virtually everywhere else to do the same and actually have a chance of producing some of that promised generational wealth everybody seemed to have forgotten about. But I'm Rico Lamite, Dobas Dad on the street. I'd love to hear what you guys think about this one. Oh, I wish Axel was still over there, man. Axel was great. That was my guy over there. Well, you know, M M MSO Gang says, "Fuck Axel." Uh, Axel, Axel had it more together than 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 most of the people. What uh, are you talking about, Jason? Axel's still there. Uh, he's not really there like that. Not, he's not the chief of staff. He, what are you talking about? Was. Checked out, Jason. Not where he was. Huh? Not where he was previously. What? Where do you think he was? Head of the OCB. He was the head. He was the head of uh, I forget which department, but he was working just directly in the governor's office in the creation of all of this. And now he's the chief of staff of the OCM. He's the chief of staff of the OCM. Well, then the yes. OCM will be just fine then with Axel in place. <laughs> <laughs>
what do you think about this one, Omar? You're out there in these New York streets. We're getting crazy. These 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 beefs are heating up, man. What's what's going on out there? What's this, what's it like on the street? Uh, well, I think you know I've been to the streets in New York and especially saw all of the mobile dispensaries in Times Square, <laughs> which were eye popping. And I thought we should see be seeing those in California. Why don't we see that kind of entrepreneurship? given the similar level of enforcement out in California. And so um, I really think, you know, the, the solution is really overgrow the government, allow people to grow and sell cannabis freely with no special cannabis taxes, just make people pay sales taxes, just like with tobacco. And, you know, New York for a long time has been battling illegal tobacco sales. That's what the whole George Floyd case was about, was illegal tobacco sales. Some dude like selling dollars cigarette no, it wasn't it wasn't george floyd it wasn't it was, uh, eric garner oh, eric forgive me forgive me but in any floyd. event it you know it's, it's just um in my in my view like when you have these punitive pleasure taxes uh that are born of the, uh a very you know i guess it, it's like the american ethos was was really you know made by really uptight uh beyond fundamentalists, Calvinists, you know, who believed pleasure was, was evil. And it was by, it was a sign of the devil. And so that's what we're up against. Uh, but we really need to have a free market when it comes to cannabis. I think California came the closest to a laissez-faire cannabis, uh, you know, capitalism back when we had collectives and cooperatives. What do you guys think? Omar, how many of those little food truck vendors do you represent in New York? We don't represent food truck vendors. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. You know the little trap shop on the. He's trying to get you to snitch. He's trying to get you to snitch. <laughs> yeah, no, we, we're representing business people who are looking to go legit in New York. Exactly. So that's what I'm saying. How many food trucks do you represent? Yeah, not not many, but I'm sure there's plenty of them. They don't need lawyers to open up their bodega. You know, <laughs> yeah, they're, they're making fifty to hundred k a day tax free. They, they can be retired by the time they start issuing real licenses. <laughs> yeah. It's de facto legalization in New York right now. It's a free for all. When I was in New York, I could see like, you know, some of the consumers are getting flooded with all sorts of tainted products, stuff that gets yeah. diverted, that doesn't pass testing in California, gets sent back east. And Ew. it's a big uh, cluster. And I think the solution is deschedule cannabis. That's right. Legalize it. Stop with all these like crazy you know, half legalization schemes. And uh, once cannabis is regulated like chamomile, problem will magically go away. Right? Mm -hmm. I agree with that part, Omar. What do you, what do you think, Jason? In regards what to- about, What do you think about this letter? This quote unquote scathing letter I mean, the, I, I mean, MSOs? I mean, it has to be super frustrating for these MSOs to for, for them to have put in so much money and so much time in the state to just be totally uh, disregarded when it comes to the opportunity to be able to participate in the adult use market that um, I'm, I'm actually kind of in, in favor of, of them and, 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 and their plight. You know what I mean? I, like there, there needs to be have something that happens in, in New York if they want to have a regulated marketplace and they actually say that they want to have all of these things that they presumably want. But the reality is, is they don't want any of those. They just want to placate to people's whims and let anarchy rage on. There's a bill in California that would allow licensed uh, licensees to sue unlicensed shops for unfair competition and go after their profits. They're not they're not going to have the money to do that. 
Omar. That's not real. MSOs don't have money to fund Aussie. No, nah, not really. Not not like that. Not not mm-hmm. even if if the attorney fees you know are paid by the offender. Let me tell you something, bro. If if you are running a trap shop and you think that you're going to get your attorney's fee paid based off a judgment from a trap shop, you are out of your mind. They will default on that judgment. They do not give a shit about what the courts say because if they did, they wouldn't be operating a trap shop. You think, Well, I think uh, you're, you're thinking about the sophisticated, smart offenders. I'm, I'm, I'm of the, the normal offenders. These are normal people. That this is this is their whole mindset. This is how they they hold ba- they base every single thought that pops out of their little mind. Yeah, but I don't think they have like holding companies that own other holding companies and they have like a complicated corporate web to shield their activities. I think they're just running their trap in their own personal. So, 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 so what are they going to sue? Are they going to sue the people as individuals and they're going to find out their names and all this because there's so much paperwork done on all these illicit shops? I'm all it takes. I mean, if, if it were to happen, you know what? I think lawyers would send in investigators to make in some purchases. They would follow the money, track down the bank account. How are they going to follow the money in a bank account when you when it's an all cash business, Omar? Well, Jason, I, I I've seen the drug war and I've seen how it gets investigated, and there's ways they have their means. I'm not saying there's not ways, okay, but I'm just being being realistic that none of these uh, MSOs are going to be waging a battle. Okay, of fighting against these, uh, basically doing the state's job for them. Right. Okay, with spending their own spending their own capital to do this. When is all it's going to take is like one or two of them to do it, and then and then them get a a judgment, and then not be able to collect on it, and now they're out all this legal money while they're waiting to collect on some (laughs) judgment that they're never going to collect on, and they'll they'll all stop. They'll all start spread. Oh no, don't do that. It's not it's not financially viable solution. Just just keep on going on. That's what's going to happen. Gretchen, Gretchen, I need a a woman's perspective on this. What what you got for us? What do you think about this this, this letter from uh, um, whatever their their acronym is? OCO. It it crushes my heart to have to agree with Jason Beck. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think these MSOs have beef. I think that the state has totally fallen down on trying to address uh, the illicit market, and it's just like, oh, we're not going to do it. But, but where, um, where where was this energy when the black and brown communities weren't getting that same fucking love? What are you talking about? When social equity wasn't getting the same fucking love in every other city, in every other municipality in, in, in America, they did not have the same energy they have right now. They did not I, fight I for I the little guys. I do not know what you're talking about. What, be a little more specific here. We go. The social more. equity had, yeah. let's just talk about LA, when they had to wait mm-hmm. three years I didn't make the social equity plan in L.A. Uh, New York decided that they were going to put up social equity as number one um, and then have no way to find or help these people. And now they're wondering why their market sucks. Yep. I I, I don't understand it. I mean, if the if the I love New York and I love what they're trying to do. Bless their hearts. Do you have a T-shirt? However, I do not. I I, I do not. Oh, we need to make um, a T-shirt that says "I love the New York trap market." I do have, yes. I do have this guy. Oh, she has however, a I love New York trappers. Mm-hmm. However, um, I, I, they they could not put forward the social equity plan that they did without having the money to back it up, and that's where New York fell short. 
Mm -hmm. um, and that's where all of these programs have fallen short is where they're expecting money to come in from revenue. Then they're going to put it towards social equity. And by that point, Rico, your 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 concerns of how these folks are left behind and the big boys take over and then they can't get in. I mean, there are problems left and right trying to pick out one select group and try and make them benefit. I say we just go for a little free market action. Yeah. And let, and let it and Come let on. the chips fall where they may. If you're a good businessman, you will survive. If not, so long. Mm -hmm. I, I think if I think if this whole plan fails at the end of it, then um, we should just move on to reparations. Straight up. God, here we go. Straight up. Good I luck. Let, let me tell Did you. Did you something. see that one guy who said he was like it should be seven point six? I forget where how he came up with that number. He was like five's not good. I want seven point six million. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he had a whole reasoning on why it's seven point six million. Because of seventeen seventy six right, per person. It wasn't based on seventeen seventy six, Jason. Yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah. Right. Per person is what he was proposing. I mean, that's, that's worth about four hundred dollars. Uh, four hundred dollars. About four hundred years of oppression. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's we, a we, steep number to we, uh, ask them to do. Yeah, we'll that, that shouldn't happen. They're not bankrupt. Four hundred years they of gave of, all that money to Ukraine. Of, of robbed, I forget what I think they said. That would come out to be like eight hundred. Easy killer. I think what the the final number that they came out with was like eight hundred billion to try and do what they wanted. I'll tell you what. If you if, if you guys want reparations, you guys might as well just move to Ukraine because that's the only way you're going to get that kind of money. Well, yeah, I was, I was about to say that. Like, how about that? Uh, um, how many billions have been spent in Ukraine? How many? Yeah, we got to go. We got to go to a commercial. We were spent go on Iraq, Afghanistan. Yep. Let's go. Oh, to commercial, Adam. sadly, Rico. Add time. How's it going, guys? Saman Razani coming to you from Green Street here with Jason Beck smoking on the best weed in the world. Did you know that we have an audio-only version of our podcast available on Apple, Google, Amazon, iHeartRadio, and Spotify? Tune in now and check it out. Oh, yeah. West Hollywood's right-leaning president of cannabis tourism is also the industry's longest continuously operating retailer, known to many for smoking on the best weed in the world and an avid supporter of the first, that's right, first former president to be indicted in U.S. history. Move over, Mel Gibson, because the patriot coming to the stage next is actual American. You know who it is, Jason Beck. Oh, yeah. All they did was ensure that he's going to be number 45 and 47 with their crazy ass shit. But nonetheless, I have an even crazier story for you guys. Okay. Are you guys ready for this? A San Jose police union executive is accused of smuggling drugs as wedding gifts and chocolates. The top executive for San Jose's police use union imported synthetic opioids over an eight year period to orchestrate a national drug ring that disguised packages of pills as wedding gifts, makeup, and chocolate, federal officials said on Wednesday. Joanne Marion uh, Sigovia, I'm sorry, I'm murdering your last name, the 64-year-old executive director of the San Jose Police Officers Association, used her home computer and police union equipment to facilitate the mailing of synthetic opioids, according to the U.S. Attorney's Office. The drug smuggling allegedly took place from October 2015 to January 2023, with Segovia facilitating more than 60 shipments from Hong Kong, Hungary, India, and Singapore. 
In a three-and-a-half-year period ending in January, officials allegedly intercepted five shipments to Segovia that contained thousands of pills, including synthetic opioids, uh, tramadol and to topinadol. Opioid overdoses have reached epidemic levels across the country, particularly in San Francisco, the fentanyl capital. Since 2019, more than 2,000 people in the city have died, often over after overdosing on synthetic opioid fentanyl. Segovia allegedly used the encrypted messenger WhatsApp app handle to handle logistics exchange hundreds of messages with someone using a phone with an India country code. The messages containing uh, shipping and payment details, pictures and receipts uh, continued in this uh, month, even after federal investigators interviewed Segovia in February, prosecutors said. On March 13th, federal agents in Kentucky seized a package that contained fentanyl and fentanyl and was addressed to Segovia, officials said. The package originated from China and the contents were listed as a clock. Segovia was charged with attempting to unlawfully import uh, fentanyl, uh, Valerol, according to a complaint that was uh, unsealed on Tuesday. And the complaint alleges Segovia was apprehended as part of an ongoing Homeland Security investigation into controlled substances being shipped into the Bay Area from abroad. Will, Will Edelman, an attorney listed for Segovia in court records, did not immediately respond to request for comment, and Edelman previously worked as a federal prosecutor in the same U.S. attorney's office that charged Segovia, according to his LinkedIn profile. The complaint against Segovia said that she told federal investigators she had nothing to do with the drug smuggling and blamed the shipments of pills on a woman she identified as a family friend and housekeeper. Segovia allegedly told investigators that after their February meeting, she realized like a light bulb that it must be this unnamed woman who smuggled the drugs. I can't believe this. This lady actually blamed it on her housekeeper. However, the complaint cast doubt on Segovia's statements that and includes photos that she allegedly sent to a collaborator. One image shows a computer with a police union work materials in view, and another shows her signature on a package slip sent from the police union address. <clears throat> Tom Sagagu, a sport spokesperson from the San Jose Police Officers Association, said the union became aware of the alleged crimes on Friday and has been cooperating with federal authorities. He added that Segovia had had no role in handling financials for the organization and was not involved in decisions about the organization's stance on police issues. In a quote, no one at the POA, that, that's the Police Officers Association, is involved or had prior knowledge of the alleged acts, Sagu said. The POA immediately placed the civilian employee on leave and, and, as, and as is standard procedure, cut off all access to the POA. The board of directors is saddened and disappointed um, at hearing this news, and we have pledged to provide our full support to the investigative authorities. If convicted, Segovia could face up to 20 years in prison and a fine of up to $250,000. That's right. Man, this is crazy. This is Jason Beck reporting for the High at Nine News. What do y'all think about all this fentanyl coming into San Francisco and San Jose? The same people saying that, you know, weed is being laced with fentanyl. Now they're out there saying that it's, they're out there uh, dealing it, man. Uh -huh. Sad. Yeah. Sad. It's crazy. Crazy, crazy, crazy times. San Jose police. 
police lady. Oh boy. What do you oh. think about what about what do you think about this one, uh, Gretchen? You're all about that law and order, right? Throw the, throw the book at him. Yep. <laughs> throw, the, throw the book at it's a her. Throw the book at her. Her, and, him, whoever. I don't yeah, know all these and, pronouns and the nowadays. Time, for uh, anyone that says that fentanyl doesn't come from China, we now have clear evidence in regards to this case that fentanyl is coming that? directly from China. Who said that? <laughs> What's that? Who said fentanyl wasn't coming from China? I'm just saying for anyone that, that says it doesn't. I mean, you're just, I just, just a broad statement. A broad right. statement. Like you nobody's know. ever fucking said that. I think everybody knows like that most that. of the, the fentanyl comes from. Trust uh, me, bro. There's people that there's people that say that. Trust him, bro. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they sell it. They sell it dirt cheap to Mexico, and it comes into America through Mexico, right? Hundred uh, percent. It gets shipped from China to Mexico, and then comes across the border usually. But in this case, it anybody refused from China to the U.S. It was bypassing Mexico. They were trying to undercut the cartel. Says who? We're <laughs> I'm just saying. That's what it sounds like to me, shipping it straight into, into the U.S. <laughs> They're trying to undercut the cartel. Jason Beck, the cannabis they were industry in- Rush Limbaugh. <laughs> 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 oh, man. What do you think about this, Omar? You're a lawyer. Well, I think she uh, need, deserves extra charges for trying to throw her housekeeper under the bus. I just think that particularly like despicable super scummy right yeah right so that that's when my, my sympathy for her evaporated and if she right. were to come to me for help i'd be like thank you but no thank you i cannot be a zealous advocate for somebody like you mm-hmm. um but all in all this just shows that the war on drugs um you know is still a failure like why did the san jose police not make the bust why does it take the feds to come in and clean up the mess that's well, what I'm wondering. I, I have I have a I have a thought on that is because there could have been a uh, federal hold on them where thing saying do not do anything because they're under federal investigation um, because I, I've seen that happen a number of times where people have been pulled over for different things and mm-hmm. should have gone to jail but because when they run their ID it says don't touch hands off under federal investigation the local law enforcement hands are tied. I. Uh- when feds are conducting an investigation, they're not going to put out an APB saying we're conducting a federal investigation. No, but I will tell you this is I've, I've, I have witnessed this and have experienced it myself is that I know people that have been pulled over at three in the morning doing donuts with open bottles of Hennessy uh-huh. and the police pulled us over and said, oh, you guys go ahead and drive home and get safe. And the reason of that is because when they swiped everyone's IDs, it said under federal investigation, hands off, do not touch. Wow. How do I get one of those federal investigation? You know, the federal government, federal government has spent a lot of money on investigating you, Omar. Just commit a crime, Omar. There you go. Some yeah. federal crime. And then you can represent yourself. You can hang out with Trump. I'm sure he'll introduce you to yeah. a federal crime. Let's mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. keep, keep this party moving, Jason. Yeah, we're we're going to keep this party rolling. That's right. <laughs> Our favorite little redheaded conservative. Dude, if you call me little one more time, I love I it. I love, I love it. I love it. Yeah, our little redheaded conservative who loves to get all spicy hot on top of dressing up her dogs and crazy ass outfits just for her own pleasure. That's right. She's the founder of Panoptic Strategies, our very own Gretchen Gailey. 
Well, I know Jason is so familiar with the term little from his own experiences with his member. Um, oh. And maybe that's where it keeps coming from. However, uh-huh. uh, in, in, uh, since it's a Friday and we all want to just get back on track with the show that is rampantly over time already, I'm not going to do my story. I'll just give you the headline and the nutshell because I know you guys like a nutshell. Kentucky House gives final passage to medical marijuana bill. What does this mean? The governor is going to vote for this. He's going to pass a law. And good old Jason Beck owes me another $100. Discretion for Hyatt 9 News. Fatality. <laughs> good old boy Beck. You guys are, you guys are funny. Talk you? amongst yourselves. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Kentucky. I, I mean, I, I I like this bill. I'm I'm excited that Governor Bashir's is going to sign this, and that people in in, in Kentucky are going to have access. I'm very excited about this. It's good stuff. Do we know and how I, long? Do we know how long it's going to take for him to actually sign it, and when will this program actually go into effect and people actually see real relief? Uh, from what I understand, he should sign it today. Um, I do not know when it actually takes effect. Uh, the one thing that I'm not the biggest fan of is that this bill does not include smokable cannabis um that's how they are starting out with it uh but it does cover uh, a few uh illnesses that they have out there either way this is a star for kentucky and this is in uh good old moscow mitch my comrade's backyard uh and so this is going to matter uh it, it definitely is a big deal uh that mitch is gonna have to deal with this now i thought moscow was in uh sarah palin's backyard she can see it from her backyard. She can see it from her backyard. <laughs> she has a telescope. I think I just aged myself. I think I just aged myself. Oh, <laughs> man. Oh, man. What does Sarah, Pal- Sarah Palin think about cannabis? I'd like to hear her thoughts. Her and Ja Rule. Let's you really want to hear what Sarah Palin has to say? Fuck no. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't think anyone wants to hear what Sarah Palin has to say. Uh, Jason, I, I it, once again, except Venmo. I will take PayPal, check, cash. For what? Whatever. For the hundred bucks. Do you not recall this bet? What, what Do you bet not is recall? What bet Remember is how you bet me that people were going to be arrested left and right trying to bring cannabis into Kentucky. People were and that, arrested. No, they weren't. Hundred percent. I'm going to go find a couple reports. I'm going to go and find a couple reports of people and arrested, getting arrested. No, no, in no, 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 no. Yeah, you don't have to go go. Go back and look for it. I told you there was absolutely no way this was going to happen. Financial support. <laughs> Give me my money. Uh huh. I bet. I bet. I bet. I bet. I think it's halftime. I got the yes. show back. It is halftime. We got to go to a commercial. We're going to be right back. Shout out, Kentucky. Keeping up to date on the evolving policies of relevant state, local, and federal governments is key to success. When the future of your business is at stake, you need representation as dedicated as you are. With a maze of laws and regulations surrounding cannabis, hemp, and psychedelics, knowing where to begin can be a challenge. Good thing the law offices of Omar Figueroa features a skilled, highly focused team ready to guide you through it all. They're accepting new clients in California and New York. So make sure you check them out at info at omarfigueroa.com. The 
The thoughts, opinions, and shade thrown at High Nine News are those of individual speakers and not those of any other speaker or its followers. The statements made do not constitute legal or accounting advice, and our speakers make no representation regarding the legal status of any substance in any country, area, or territory, or its authorities. The views expressed in this room do not establish fiduciary responsibility or relationship. Our sponsors do not imply or constitute any endorsement by us or the expression of any opinion whatsoever on the part of any speaker on stage. If you are an easily offended person, join the seat. A-R-S-C. I heard they're hiring. Control Tower from Highly Educated has perfected the dab. Utilizing the concept of thin film evaporation, you can waste none of it and taste all of it. The micro texture of the SE pillar increases nucleation at elevated temperatures. And with the tower propelling at 2,600 RPMs, it's certainly the most efficient dab experience to date. The Control Tower from Highly Educated. Oh, yeah, coming up next. He's the founder of a cannabis law firm with offices in California and New York for all you little trappers out there in New York. He's also part of the National Cannabis Industry Association and a legal publisher whose 2023 California Cannabis Laws and Regulations book was just released. And you can purchase it on Amazon or wherever the hell else you buy books, hardcover books. That's right. And he can represent you in court or he could take your ass to the mat in high fly style in Brazilian jiu-jitsu and probably kick your ass either way. That's right. It is Omar Figueroa. Thank you, Jason. Happy Friday, everyone. My story is from TechCrunch by Hodge Jan Camp. The headline is, Smokeland is testing a loophole to sell cannabis by credit card. What do you do when you have a very successful and popular product that is legal in some places, but federally has been a Schedule One drug since 1970? Well, you can't rely on any national institutions as your business partners. One of the major places that shows up is in payments and payment processing. Even after recreational cannabis became legal in 21 states and decriminalized in another dozen or so, cannabis has become largely a cash business. In a world that is increasingly cashless, that's a problem for both consumers and businesses. Smokeland is currently beta testing a loophole that lets its customers pay by credit card. The secret, it turns out, is crypto. You're not actually purchasing cannabis with a credit card, says Jeff Dillon, managing director of marketing at Smokeland. You're purchasing crypto, and then we immediately use the crypto to purchase cannabis before cashing the crypto back out. That way, your credit card company knows users are purchasing crypto. Crypto doesn't give a shit what you do with it. For my purpose and for the purpose of the customer, the payment processor has no idea what's going on. Of course, cannabis is a higher risk market and Smokeland expects it needs customers to pay a bit more in processing costs. But the team believes that the customers are willing to do that in order to go up in a blaze of convenient glory. Two to 3% is standard for e-commerce. If you open a Shopify account or something like that, we are probably around 5% with five risks. If we were to open a porn site, it could be even higher than that. We're a little bit lower because there's still a physical transaction. Anything involving crypto is deemed high risk and you're gonna be charged a higher rate for the risk. 
Dylan explains. The Smokeland team says it is a depleting edge here and wants to keep its cards close to its chest regarding who the exact payment processor is. The company says it is noticing fluctuations of average order size throughout the month and is hoping that offering credit cards can help smooth out its peaks and troughs a little, but also to make its products available to customers who need them. It is hoping to do a full-scale launch of its credit card service on the 20th of April, known as 420, which, as a number, for various reasons, has become synonymous with marijuana. We're seeing this cash crunch and a quasi-recession that we're going into. You can really see that between pay periods, the difference in average order size varies. I'm starting a pickup on this kind of trend. The 1st and the 15th, people have a lot more money to spend, and the average order sizes are higher, Dylan explains. It's in beta currently, and we hope to go after a full rollout for 420 to capture that market. So that's a big push, trying to have credit cards available by then because it's an off week. People get paid on the 15th. Being able to offer credit cards for people who are on a bit of a tight budget, that's even better. The Smokeland team is aware, of course, that the products are used recreationally, but it believes it is on a bigger mission, describing its product as an essential critical medicine for people. Among other things, the company is pushing on prices. In Oakland, you see our billboards and banners around, says Dylan, comparing his company with Fred Franzia's two-buck chuck wine selling at a Trader Joe's. Franzia went to Paris and realized there's great wine sold at normal prices. We do the same thing for cannabis as the home of the $49 ounce. It'll be interesting to see whether Smokeland will be able to keep its payment processor up and running in the midst of a complicated set of pressures on the financial institutions, but the company isn't overly worried and suggests that the Safe Banking Act is putting its thumb on the proverbial scales in the favor of what it is doing. My take, I can't wait for safe banking to pass so we can stop hearing about the latest expensive cannabis banking solution. The headline is, Smokeland is testing a loophole to sell cannabis by credit card. This is Omar Figueroa, lawyer, publisher, and Ganjie instructor reporting from Sonoma County, California, the traditional territory of Pomo, Miwok, and Wapo nations for high at nine, high noon Eastern. This is totally illegal, Omar. <laughs> Nothing's illegal in the world of crypto. This is, this is Why, is <clears throat> Why is it illegal, Jason Beck? Um, because you're using you're using uh, these financial systems to purchase <laughs> schedule one drug, and you're actually skirting the system because you're using your credit card to purchase cryptocurrency, which is is base. Which what you're really buying is weed. This is totally skirting the system. Isn't this, this the exact same thing as uh, as when a dispensary when you buy a gift card from them to purchase your weed? Or they or you buy the exact same thing? They're not using an electronic right. transfer. When you use an electronic transfer, it changes the game. I use my card. I'm not doing it with cash. So, it is, so this, this is technically a huge. huge I disagree gray. with you, Jason Beck. That this it's, it's is. Disagree, illegal. but you're wrong. It's, it's a okay, gray well, loophole in stored value, like stored value, like on gift cards and stuff like that. Uh, some mm -hmm. states have completely shut it down, and others let it let it go on. So, mm -hmm. I don't know. This I is totally know. illegal. 
We'll see. Big shout out to Smokeland, though, for uh, for being innovators in the market. Going towards crypto when everybody else is scared to get back into Bitcoin. I don't know. I don't Buy know. the dip. <laughs> When's your NFT dropping, uh, Jason? Well, yeah, I don't mess with none of that weirdo stuff, bro. <laughs> I deal with tangible assets. Like real. Fun- fungible tokens? Uh-huh. Yeah. Matthew St. Germain. Can- Greetings, everybody. Hi, Matthew St. Germain in a cannabis-soaked haze. P10, personal 10 from the Emerald Cup. Flower samples behind me. I've been smoking weed about 15 hours a day. Uh, it's been mostly fun. And, those uh, those, those, those tricones. Stop it, bro. Stop it, bro. We've been getting through the outdoor, bro. It's been rough. As Dude, I started with outdoor, too, and it, it has been rough. And, you know, the thing that we've seen in outdoor this year is that the majority of people who actually care enough to really create super high quality outdoor are, are priced out or don't have the three ounces and thousand bucks or whatever to give the emerald cup so yeah. the outdoor just dropped off a off a cliff uh uh light lit house is out mixed light seems like it's dropped off a cliff um there's tons of good weed right now in indoor though the indoor tons of good weed in indoor bro yeah i can't wait to get to indoor but i know there's a ton of great outdoor out there i smoke a lot of it my friends grow it it's just sadly we didn't see it in the cup this year there's know. a with a couple exceptions with a couple of all that how does this relate to omar I don't know. I was trying to figure that out, too. Oh, uh, he just asked me how I was doing, and I just kind of was uh, i was looking at my weed picture and kind of All right, I fell off the rails. That was really my fault, you guys. You have um, no, no I don't buy weed with credit cards. Yeah. I buy weed with cash. It's important that we all use cash. They tried. They were trying to push cash out during the COVID uh, crisis. Pushing cash out makes us all more trackable. We move closer to a social, China, uh, social credit yep. system like China. That's right. We move towards the ability for corporations and the government to just turn off the tap at any moment if you do or say anything they don't like. Mm-hmm. Please, people, I know it is convenient to pay with credit cards. Go to the bank. Take cash out of your out of your bank. Trade for, for non-cash. Uh, trade for not cash or credit cards and use cash. I would say buy crypto, but it's so volatile until there's a crypto that's not backed by the government, but stays stable and isn't isn't marketed like a security and with the volatility of the security. We really crypto is not a, a fair uh, means of, of translation of, of wealth or debt or value, because if, if my Bitcoin's 50 G's and I pay you for your sweatshirt, and you really need that that stable amount of money. And the next day, Bitcoin, sixteen thousand dollars, you just screwed yourself. You know, so that's what I think have the most the most fun with all of this in reality. Yes, sir. Is going to be Smokeland CPA in the IRS. <laughs> <laughs> Straight up. Yeah, I just it, it, it's kind of like that dude on Instagram who was uh, driving and 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 filming himself delivering weed out of state. You know, Smokeland's just kind of like oh yeah, the guy from themselves to the IRS yeah, yeah, and yeah, the yeah. DEA yeah. and whoever yep. else. Just snitching on yourself. Bro, I'm getting on Instagram and doing some bragging today, dude. I let's, need some clout. Let's, let's document do. felonies in more ways than just metric. <laughs> let's do this. Let's go rob a pizza joint on Instagram Live, Jay. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You in? Stupid. <laughs> stupid, <laughs> stupid, stupid. We got to go to a commercial, though. We're going to be right back. Let's do it.
OG industry doctors been serving up daily doses of compassion since the days Christ worked the earth, walked the earth with the mortal count himself, Matthew St. Germain. He's the founder of Medican and co-founder of CESC, providing data-backed doses for the people every damn day of the week. Up next, y'all know who it is. It's Dr. Jean Talleyrand. Thanks, Rico. Happy Friday, everyone. Happy Friday. Uh, I don't, I don't re recommend smoking and riding a motorcycle. Uh, that last commercial gets to me. Anyway, what about that? What about my that today is by Mary Marcos. Curiosity is the cure. Local experts discuss hurdles facing cannabis in healthcare. So all cannabis use is medical. As a doctor, I'm biased to that concept. Um, history almost exclusively describes cannabis as treatment for ailments. Its resurgence after prohibition was initiated by an argument for compassionate medical use. While most Americans have embraced cannabis as medicine, the healthcare and insurance industries are struggling to do the same. Between stigma, a lack of access to medical studies, and conflicting legislation, people are using cannabis in a healthcare system that's not equipped to handle it. Local experts in Boston discussed these issues during a Q&A on NBC10 Boston featuring Dr. Benjamin Kaplan, Dr. Mary Buss, and Dr. Uma Denabalan. According to Dr. Buss, a palliative care physician at Tufts University, the biggest challenge facing physicians when advising patients on cannabis use is a lack of information. I don't have evidence that I wish I had in order to give patients real counseling, says Dr. Buss. Dr. Kaplan disagrees. Right now, there's 10 times more literature on cannabis than the common cold or Lyme disease, he says. It's difficult to surface the literature if you're not looking for it. Dr. Denablin points out that nobody in the whole world has ever died from a cannabis overdose. She is concerned that some people get their medical cannabis card and don't know how it interacts with their uh, prescription medication. My whole message, he says, is please become an educated consumer Safety first, do no harm. I think curiosity is the cure, says Dr. Captain Kaplan optimistically. As new medical grads are coming through and curious, as the adult population is curious, we're going to be driven to learn. So my advice to these doctors and those who are curious is to uh, step out of their comfort zone. As doctors, we don't always have to know everything. We can use our powers of observation and our intelligence to generate hypotheses. We can help patients as individuals in their trial and error exploration of cannabis. We can serve as guides, as shaman. It's the humble position and doctors on the whole need to demonstrate more humility. I also don't need to claim cannabis as medicine. The legislators have given the FDA the privilege of deciding what products can be labeled medicine and what products cannot. So I am fine just calling it what it is, a plant. It's a plant that people use to feel better. So I'd like to throw out the topic out to the correspondents. What do you think? Are doctors complaining too much or is curiosity the cure? This is Dr. Jean Talleyrand for Hyatt 9 News. 
I think doctors definitely are complaining too much. Go ahead, Jason. I think doctors are definitely complaining too much. A hundred percent. You agree? Yeah, they need to step out of the box and think a little differently. Exactly. Um, What happened to being when like back in science class when you had to like create hypotheses and then go through the whole the whole process? And why can't you just go through that same process with cannabis? You're absolutely right, Jason. I have a seventh grader and they're teaching him how to observe in science class. And it's the way to do science. It's the basics that we seem to have forgotten in the medical profession. Big shout out to Mr. Wasn't it wheat? Wasn't it wheat? Doctor, wasn't it called wheat? What's wheat? Wheat, wheat was the 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 Y, and then H was the hypothesis. H E A E. I forget what the E was. The example, the experiment. A, yeah, experiment. Yes, and then I forget what the T was. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I grew up in New Jersey. Yeah, no, that was, I remember that. I remember that in science. <laughs> Hey, big, big shout out to Dr. Uma though, man. Uh, Dr. Uma on this uh, on this panel. Hope she's doing all right out in New yeah. York. She's Question for you, Dr. Talleyrand. Um, yeah. For a number of these doctors who have not been educated in the cannabis realm, um, and I know doctors are often required to take um, more uh, education to keep their certifications and such. Um, how often is cannabis ever offered as these programs for these people to get a little more educated and be a little more comfortable? Never. That that's the problem. But but you know the the literature is out there. The, uh, so they should just read. That's your. That's what you would say to the, the doctors. That's the way I did. I I read every day. I you know search the literature and read every day. There are thousands of articles. They, some are better than others. And you know in the science the industry is geared towards single agent synthetic compounds, but there are some good studies on the whole plant. Um, and so, yeah, just keep reading. And I, I think the doctors also self-organized into the society of cannabis clinicians. And so I think the doctors who are not getting enough medical education in medical school to teach them about the endocannabinoid system and how cannabis is really a miraculous substance, I think they need to join the Society of Cannabis Clinicians and get that postgraduate education that is sorely needed. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Great group. Thanks for bringing them up, Omar. Uh, started by Dr. Micaria and Fred Gardner. That's, a, that's an excellent group. Yeah, Fred and Dr. Dr. Micaria were amazing. Yeah. <coughs> oh. Oh man, we're gonna keep it keep it rolling right on to the next one. Thank you so much for this, Doctor Talleyrand. Yeah, thank you, Doctor. But I do want to remind everybody that on today's show, <coughs> Gretchen said I was right, and Doctor Talleyrand said I was right. <laughs> I, I also said you owe me a hundred bucks. So no let's one, not we forget we that. We weren't listening to any of that. We're talking about just the fact that you guys admitted that I was correct. So. And and with that, if everyone could please do us a favor, we're trying to hit our thousand subscriber goal. So if you are not yet subscribed to our YouTube channel, make sure you go and hit that subscribe button. Hit that like button. We are climbing to the top. We are at 992. So we only need to hit that goal. But coming up next, that's right. He is a cannabis wizard who does his damnedest to complete the work of the merry pranksters and the brotherhood of eternal love. That's right. He loves he loves to trap and loves to snap and is a current Emerald Cup flower judge along myself. 
who is hawking the plains of the harsh outdoors right now. And hopefully pretty soon in another few days, we'll be done with all the outdoors and we'll be on to the indoors where there's a whole bunch of plethora of goodness. That's right. It is Matthew St. Germain. Thanks, Jason. Thanks, all. Uh, yesterday, uh, former President Donald Trump was indicted for... Oh, wait, no, that's not my story. Sorry, you guys. Sorry. That wasn't my story. Uh, Ohio law enforcement... The indictment was written in color crayon. You realize that, right? Whoa, all of a sudden you're echoing, Jason. Was that God? Uh, Ohio law enforcement is suing Afferman for use of security footage online. Afferman's home was raided by police last year, and now he's being sued for the likeness of the law enforcement officers and photos and videos shared on social media channels. What weenies. In September 2022, Afferman's home residence in Ohio, pardon me, was raided by local law enforcement. While Afferman wasn't home, he was out smoking weed at the park, his private security camera system recorded them searching his property as they rifled through his clothes and other belongings looking for drugs and other legal, uh, illegal paraphernalia. Afferman posted videos of these law enforcement officers on his social media channels with commentary making fun of them as he searched his house. He even made two mu music videos using the footage entitled Lemon Pound Cake and Will You Help Me Repair My Door? Uh, now, seven Adams County Sheriff's Department officers are suing him because of his use of the footage without their consent. According to the lawsuit, exposing people's faces without consent is a misdemeanor under the Ohio Revised Code. The officers are also suing because their faces were publicly visible, which caused emotional distress, embarrassment, ridicule, loss of reputation, and humiliation. The plaintiffs claim that they're entitled to Afferman's proceeds gained from the song, as well as music videos and live event tickets. In addition to his brand, which offers beer, cannabis, t-shirts, among other things, uh, they're asking that Afferman remove all images from that, those and the videos and photos posted online. Afferman posted a response to the lawsuit on one of his social media channels. Essentially, a racist judge signed a fictitious false warrant lying on the warrant accusing me of kidnapping and drug trafficking, Afferman wrote. The warrant put the Adams County Sheriff in a position to attempt to kill me. After the Adams County Sheriff burglarized, vandalized, and destroyed my property, they became thieves and stole my money. After they stole my money, they became criminals. After they became criminals, they lost their right to privacy. Afferman's attorney, Anna Castellini, also issued a statement about their next move. We are waiting for the public records request from the Adams County we still have not received. We are planning to counter sue for the unlawful raid, money being stolen, and for the undeniable damage. Sounds like they broke down his front door. Law enforcement obtained a search warrant to search his home in August 2022 with a probable cause that they would find drugs, drug paraphernalia. The only items that were allegedly seized were a vape pen, a few roaches, and thousands of dollars in cash. Ultimately, they found no evidence of drugs or paraphernalia other than those roaches. No charges were filed. The law enforcement officers claims they become the subject of ridicule by Afroman fans, which has made it more dangerous for them to continue working. And they've received death threats by anonymous members of the public who've seen some of the defendants above described postings. The lawsuit claims that defendants' actions were willful, wanton, malicious, and done with conscious or reckless disregard for the rights of these poor cops. In, Afro, uh, in Afroman's most recent TikTok post, he points out how Adams County is home to meth labs, but they chose to raid his home instead. In December 22, uh, 2022, Afro Man announced that he's running for president in 24. My fellow Americans, there comes a time in the course of human events when change must be affected, Afro Man wrote on Instagram. That time is now. Americans are suffering and the status quo is no longer acceptable. Inflation is out of control. The economy is in shambles. The housing market is staggering. Politicians are corrupt. Bad apples are allowed to remain in law enforcement amongst our noble and brave officers. The self-described cannabis commander-in-chief and pothead of state claims he would tackle cannabis reform and criminal justice, justice pardon me, reform, among other top priority issues. 
Uh, Afroman has always been positive and amazing and created a ton of music and great vibes. I would totally vote for him for president. This is Matt, Matthew St. Germain on a great Friday for the Hyatt 9 News. What do you guys got to say for this one? Down in Ohio, swag like Ohio. Down in Ohio, swag like Ohio. <laughs> Get out of Ohio. <laughs> I mean, I don't see how they have the right to be able to say that uh, that that the camera footage that he has can't be used when when those police officers have body camera footage as well. Right. And, you know, that would be publicized, would it not be if, if, the, if they were just using they chose a, release uh, it. another they angle chose to release it? I mean, they wouldn't have to they wouldn't have to have to muffle the faces unless it was a minor. But given Jason Beck it's on logic, his property, it's on Afroman's property. What right. expectation of privacy do the cops have in his property? They give that it all up. Just exactly. They give it all up. Jason, I'm using. Right. But you can't Boy record the fuck someone out of him, typically in Ohio. Many states have rules where you can't record people without their knowledge. Well, so you're saying that if I want to buy a ring, I don't care. No, you can't. You what if can't. I want to buy a ring doorbell? And I live Omar. in Omar. Rings are illegal. Omar, so back me up here. That, that prohibit uh, recording of the conversations without the consent to all the parties to the conversation if there's a reasonable expectation of privacy. Do cops have a reasonable expectation of privacy when conducting nope. a raid that they're nope. not going to be recorded by the property owner? You I know, don't, many I times. I don't know. Not. There might be an expectation of privacy because they're doing it in a private home. It's not like they're conducting a raid out in the uh, general public. Hey, Jason, Jason, I got a question for you. Uh, I, I think it's different. That is the general public. Hey, no, it's not. It's in, a, it's in a home. Property. I mean, I, Either I think, way, this is something for lawyers to go back and forth about, not us. However. I'm a lawyer. I, yeah, sure. <laughs> Jason, Jason is a Esquire. sweet little well, lawyer in the bar. Mar-a-Lago. Um, <laughs> Jason, 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 given your logic on this, isn't this going to catapult Afro Man to the head of the charts? This is definitely going to promote Afroman 100%. 100%. He's going to get more record sales because of this. He's going to get more of a platform as a as a voice to to talk about this. And um and and if and if I think Afroman was smart, I think he should capitalize on it and start talking about real police reforms like what like what was mentioned um in the article because we need to get rid of the bad cops and really promote the good ones. I heard Nikki Haley is um, thinking about bringing him on as a running mate. Stop it. <laughs> That's not even realistic. And Nikki Haley ain't going nowhere because it's going to be Trump in 2024. DeSantis. You're on crack. I'm just telling you. Just watch when it happens. We're going to go back and play this episode back. Trump's going to be in that 80s on. Supermax next to fucking El Chapo pretty soon, bro. For what? It's <laughs> only the beginning, my friend. You guys, I, I know it's only the beginning, bro, and I'm really nervous about it because I really feel that our country has turned into a banana republic. I, it, you know, I feel I feel for the that. Secret Service agents who have to do time with Trump as he's in protective custody. <laughs> <and> <laughs> That's what you want. Uh, this whole thing about it. Omar will they have like will they does. have two Secret Service agents outside of his cell when he's in prison? All right? it does, all this does is benefit Trump. Just so you guys know, whether mm-hmm. and, and 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 it's up to the Secret Service whether or not Trump gets handcuffed. He will be under the Secret Service's control the entire time. 
And so, like, this is this is all. He's not just, getting handcuffed. This is all. I just, I just for, like to say that, all just that for, for he would for, love to be handcuffed. You know, this is all just for the, yeah, for the political so circus that his is America. His attorney has already said that he's not going to allow that. His tur- his attorney is not his decision. It's the Secret Service's it is decision. Absolute. Are you? Bless your nothing, heart that you think they're in the, charge. The attorney has oh, nothing. On, no, no say in this. He's going to ask. He's going to ask for for pink handcuffs. <laughs> Mark my words. At some point, Trump is going to appear in court in a wheelchair with a neck brace. <laughs> stop it! Stop it! Stop. You guys are crazy. I, I just want to say that I, I would hope for 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 Jason and and everyone here to really use integrity as a metric for leadership. And regardless of whether Trump is indicted or not, it's pretty clear to see if you have. The ability to look through his history because he's been on television and in media his entire life. He's been petty. He's been hate-filled. He's gone back on his word. Stop he hasn't it. paid contractors. He just has a lack it of integrity. Works. And I, for one, like, bro, I still love Rand Paul, man. I think he's a kook and he's got some stupid fucking ideas that I disagree with. But you know what he has? He has integrity and he does what he says and he says what he does. And that's why I like you know, Bernie Sanders is one of the only politicians. Rand Paul or Ron Paul? That yeah, There's Ron Paul. I'm sorry. Ron is Ron. his father. Yeah. Rand Ron Paul is has son. integrity. Yeah. If Rand Paul Ron gets Paul. beat down, yeah. gets his ribs broken by his by his neighbor uh, for, uh, for for running the, the the riding lawnmower too long and you know, on the weekend. Yeah, yeah. That's what Rand He's Paul weak. is. He's, He's soft. Weak. I'm just saying. I think that integrity should be one of the most important metrics for leadership. And I think that people who are soft spoken, intelligent, adult, and emotional. There's so mature, much integrity going on in the White House right now. No, so what's that? That's called whataboutism, and that's a logical no, it's, fallacy. It's, it's, what that is is reality, bringing bro. a completely different argument to the table in order to try to invalidate my argument without any types of facts. So Education. the 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 that's goal. Jason's the, favorite argument with the, no the, facts. The benefit of learning the trivia method of education, which is grammar, logic, and rhetoric, is you can clearly parse apart someone else's argument without resent, re- re- resorting to logical fallacies or appeals to emotion. So again, that's called whataboutism. I'm like, yo, yo, dude, you stole my lunch money, and someone what, says, what about what, the guy? What about, what about it? It's it time does not matter. Show. I hope integrity <laughs> is a metric for leadership for all of us because it is only with people who have integrity and emotional maturity that we can hope to escape our current predicament on this planet. I love you, Jason. Well, and I, love I love everybody you too, on the show. And and you know what? I, I agree with show. you. I agree with you about the integrity part, and that's Great. why, and that's why I'm rolling with Trump on this one because the the New York Democrats have absolutely no integrity for this weak ass case, and it's going to create a very constitutional crisis when the state of Florida says, "No, New York, you can't, you can't come in here and come get them." It's going to create a whole new problem. Oh, bro, get ready. Just get your popcorn out for the next couple of weeks. It's going to be a rough ride. I would love if people would actually reserve judgment for when they know what the charges are, when they keep saying there's no case. There's 30 Uh, cases. We know what the charges are. Well, no, you don't know what the charges yeah, are. There's apparently supposed to be a couple about- dozen of them. Jason 30 counts. There's 30, 30 counts. 30 counts. The 30 counts are all misfilings on, on business filings. This is the most oh, ridiculous so you're, thing. You're all good with just the little, oh, I don't know how to file my taxes bullshit crime. That's what you're good with. Uh, Jason has fallen sway to, to partisanship and oh, tribalism, God, and go. he supports anybody who wears <laughs> no. the shirt that is the same color Stop as it. I love Stop Jason. It. It's just it. the truth. Stop it. I don't always, support Biden. I don't support it's Trump. A, oh, yeah. I support the abolition somebody, of money and orgies in the streets. But everybody use cash until we can abolish money. Use cash until we can abolish money. <laughs> I support cash. I support cash all the way. There we I are. Support the show, I don't support, I don't support bailout the banks. Is that ever coming? I'm glad we all came to consensus that everybody loves cash. 
Yeah. Cash is king. Cash is king. Cash is king. 100 bucks. Jason Banks. 100%. It's all about love on this show. 100%. Jason's going to take us out, man. We're over time. We're over time. Yes, we are. Uh, Thank you all so, so much. It's been one hell of a week, everybody. It is finally Friday. And thank you all for getting high at 9 with us every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific and high noon on the East Coast. Big thank yous to our audience, the supporters, for always tuning in daily and listening to the insanity that is the developing cannabis industry, as well as apparently the circus that's going on in Washington, D.C., Thank you to all of our haters for always talking about us and thinking about us because we have the most immaculate pieces of property rent-free inside of your head. And maybe, who knows, maybe we'll send out some indictments over here, too, because that's about <laughs> what they're going to do in the first place over there, too, because you can't indict a ham sandwich. Thank you to our sponsors, Omar Figueroa, DNA Genetics, and I Spire. Thank you all to our correspondents for being truly amazing, and the discourse has been incredible. Thank you for Cannabis for giving us a reason to talk about all of this on a daily basis, and thank you to Cloud Media Partners, House of Fuego, Green Street, and of course, Zaza Simone Brown holding it down in Clubhouse. And thank you all for tuning in and getting high at nine with us. It's America's number one daily cannabis news show.